0: Hi, I'm Chris, I'm an addict in recovery, and we're continuing on this amazing uh, series of uh, why the 12-step program, and sharing with us at the moment, taking us through this particular part, is Daniel. And uh, so we're moving on to the next session, which is session six, sorry, should I say episode six, uh, walking out of the old and into the new. And it is an amazing thing to be able to walk out of your old and be able to take the step into the new. It's sometimes, I think, change can be very, very scary for a lot of people. But in this context, the change is so dramatic that it's something that we never, as an active addict, actually believed was possible. And when we do finally find the new, it's how do we hold on to that uh, and not step back into the old again. But anyway, Daniel, I'm going to hand this over to you, and I'm really, really excited about hearing how you are going to portray your walking out into the new and how that felt.
1: Hey, Chris. Thanks again for having me. So um, I'd love to start this with a story. I call this the story of grace. Um, After being abused um, physically, emotionally for many, many years, I was very angry, um, carried an intense amount of anger and resentment toward people, toward myself. I um, inherently felt there was something massively wrong with me. Um, even believed that God himself didn't create me. Um, huge problems with my personality in and out of psychiatry and diagnosis um, of this and that and, and basically getting to the place of realizing that I was created for a reason and a purpose. I am unique, just like everybody is. I'm not any more special or non-special than anyone else, but I want to talk about a moment of grace. In the midst of this anger and this resentment, um, I went to a a pub one night called Tribeca and I had my car parked two blocks away and it was happy hour. Um, And I paid for five Long Island iced teas up front and asked the barman if I could have 10. Because it's happy hour, but over a bit more of an extended time. To drink 10 Long Island[s] in an hour is a little bit crazy. But be there three, four hours later, and I don't know how much I'd had to drink. But the barman said to me, look, it's not giving you any more to drink. Um, It's not serving you any more alcohol. And I uh, really got upset. Um, I was wearing a Yugo Bar suit. I'll never forget. It was Friday afternoon after work, celebrating a hard week. And I went and fetched my car and I came rearing up the side road of the, of the uh, pub and I took my car through, well, into the sidewall of the center. I didn't go through the wall. I just wrote my car off. And um, just in this intense anger uh, and rebellion against authority, um, I think being abused to that level just and, – and, and, and nobody's fault around me, but everyone was paying the price to my anger, to my resentment, to my rebellion. And I tried to drive my car off the scene, but it was damaged, and the police were called and um psychologist I'd been seen at the time I phoned and he got there at the same time, but I was arrested um, blood was taken uh blood sample was taken at the hospital I was then put into um into a holding cell to await court and um I remember. Waking up in that holding cell and realizing the magnitude of what one moment of anger had put me in, a lifetime of consequences. Um, they told me that morning, your license will be revoked. You're 67 times over the legal limit. You, you know, your, your car and endangered to people and property, and I'd had them put cases in against me. So the whole picture. Was incredibly um, one sided against me in terms of, well, this is it. Whether or not even I even get out of jail for what I've done, um, I'll definitely won't have a license. I'll have a, you know, I've had a reckless and negligent case put it against me. So I'm in a holding cell. I've sobered up the next morning. I'm as hungover as anything. And the last thing I want to do is face consequences for anger and and the, the behavior of the night before. Never mind that the center is damaged. I have to fix that. My car is written off. I was over the limit. There's no insurance on that. I'm about to face a judge and I'm locked up and um, someone had a dream and said that I was gonna hit a brick wall and there was gonna be this brick wall I hit which I literally hit a brick wall but I get to court um still in my Yugo Boss suit now. It's two days later. I don't, I don't smell great and don't look great. I'm you know, just surviving on water and soup and I'm locked up. And I walk into the courtroom and I stand to receive my sentence or whatever the judge was going to do. And I experienced my first moment of grace. So the judge opened my case file and the blood sample that had been taken they had messed the number up, so the actual blood sample number and the number in the docket had been put in incorrectly. And so there was no way to verify that blood against my my docket. And the judge said, Daniel, you have been given this moment of grace. I can't charge you because someone on my team messed up. Um, and I'm trusting I never see you again. This This is honestly, you know, something that's happened here for you that's, doesn't happen for many. You're walking out of your scot-free and I never want to see you again. And um, there's a scripture. I mean, I talk about my higher power being, being Jesus and there's a scripture that says the goodness of God leads men to repent. It's not judgment. It's not religious rules and <clears throat> point, finger pointing, telling people how bad they are. Trust me, addicts know how bad they are. I know what's wrong with me. You don't have to tell me. I know. Okay. It's the goodness. So reaching out to people, giving them an answer that says, Hey, we want a relationship with you. We want to get to know you. We want to walk a road with you. We care about you. That moment of grace is what opened my heart and my life. It opened my heart and my life up because I should have gone to jail. I should have had my license revoked. I should have faced dire consequences, yet even my consequences were taken away. And not even by my own doing by a judge and don't many people see a higher power as this being that's sitting on a judgment seat throne judging our behavior from when we wake up in the morning till when we go to bed at night and so to be declared innocent knowing i was guilty isn't that what this journey is all about because even though i've made mistakes in the past even though i messed my life up in the past what i'm rebuilding today and that's why it's out of the old and into the new okay I have to take the grace card that's been handed me. I have to say people were woven into my life, situations were woven into my life, doors of opportunity opened that brought me to the place where I am and I'm allowed to enjoy it. I'm allowed to enjoy the goodness of not living in the consequences of the past anymore. I'm allowed to walk around feeling non-guilty, not guilty anymore. I'm allowed to enjoy the program. I'm allowed to do the steps. I'm allowed to enjoy the freedom that I'm walking in. I'm allowed to have a relationship with my higher power. I'm allowed to allow people in the fellowship to love me because I deserve that. You said it earlier. Just because an addict has bad behavior does not make him a bad person. And so that's the journey of out of the old, into the new. And, and, And the picture that sums it up for me out of creation, if you want to talk about the fact that you know, we all have a different higher power, is a butterfly, is a caterpillar that is on a leaf and it goes into a cocoon and something that crawls around and looks ugly bloms out of this cocoon as something that flies. And that is the metamorphosis process that I need to go through as an addict in recovery. I need to know I have something that has been positioned against me generationally if I look back to see me fail, but I have the the right and the decision to accept the goodness of my recovery and the goodness of my journey and be good for others around me and know that yeah, even though this thing is standing there and it can kill me, can't touch me, basically.
0: (coughs) And and, and one thing that you brought up just there is that, and, and I just really want to bring it up again, is the element that, it's not my fault that I have the disease of addiction. But what is my responsibility is to recognize the behavior that came with active addiction. And the metamorphosis of budding only happens when you have recognized that. And the process of your, from being a uh, a worm <laughs> or, or a caterpillar, should I say, into a beautiful butterfly really comes when you have been able to go back to the forgiving, to be forgiven. Uh, and that's when that metamorphosis, I believe, starts to happen. And the freedom you get from that is, is beyond anything I could possibly even if I'd interpret it back then, I, I wouldn't, I just believed that I was just an addict and this is the way my life was and everybody else was at fault except for me. And what bitterness and anger I carried in that. And that was my old behavior. <coughs> Excuse me. My new behavior is being able to be non judgmental, prepared to listen and take responsibility for things I do that are good and bad, and to be able to try and share my experience, as you are today, with as many people as possible, that there is hope, even though, at the time, we felt hopeless. So, yeah, I just, you know, I think what's your description of of this whole moving from the old into the new has been phenomenal.
1: Yeah, Chris, so just to, to add on to that um, personal story for me and in my own conviction, and it's not a judgment to anybody, it's my conviction, but a number of years ago, in my hurts when I'd run out of willpower and um, I had now derailed my life and stopped submission to authority, been kicked out of institutions, been told that, you know, uh, I'm a menace to society and, and there's nothing left for me, um, having been abused then in the bu- in, bu- in the business world and everything. I, w- I wanted to st- – well, I, st- I was on a process of starting a nightclub and, um, And um, I thought to myself, well, you know what? I will be a tycoon, I will have a nightclub in a specific area, the place had already been built and I was 90% of the way through the process of becoming the owner of that and creating an environment where I could allow my old behavior to flourish and become a tycoon in that world because religion had failed me and religion will fail you because religion cannot hold you. You cannot be held by good behavior willpower, um, you know, saying sorry all the time. Those things can't hold you. And I had another encounter. I was uh, at an event and uh, there was a message being spoken and there was just this incredible invitation to return to, you know, a life with my higher power. And I I was 90% of the way through this thing, due diligence had been done, money would have been paid over, I would have had the resources come in and I would, have, I would have opened this nightclub and I would have lived there. And um, just walking down at this event to a, almost a platform altar where there was a guy who was praying for business guys and laying down my dream for his dream. There's another time in my life where I had to do that. Back getting saved many years before when I left the relationship I was in, I knew I had to leave that toxic relationship to love truth and follow truth rather than stay in what I loved and I wanted. Another opportunity was lay down this nightclub and um, I was starting the nightclub out of anger. I was starting it out of, well, I will show you, I will get back at you, you know. um, I put too much emphasis on people And trusting people, and people are gonna fail you. If you walk into a room and there's two of you, there's gonna be a fight at some point. Just give it time. You're gonna have conflict with people. And um, it was really a time when I was confronted about this anger, this resentment, and realized that, you know, you're going to hurt more people. I mean, creating an environment now where people can come and use, etc. So I made a decision the day I was asked to lay that down, and I'll never forget. I laid down on the altar. Within three months, I had three of my businesses given back to me. Um, I started a whole, new, a whole new journey and a whole new company and rather lifting people up than pulling them down. But I made a decision. I'll never have a business that causes a man to stumble. So it is my conviction. I am not giving it to anyone else. It's not a prerequisite. I just said I will not have a bottle store that sells alcohol to the one guy that maybe out of a hundred abuses it and destroys his family. And so the whole nightclub vibe is everything that is attached to that, everything that could possibly cause a man to stumble. I said, I want nothing to do with that. And I've honestly seen doors of opportunity open, things happen in my life, um, mentoring and and teaching people and writing leadership material and taking guys through journeys through this process of mine where I've set that as a standard. And again, I say, if a man... Stands for nothing, he falls for everything So it's the little line I drew because of the devastation in my life Not a law to put on anyone else But it's something that I live by and there's so much freedom in it Mm. Because the opportunity comes and it's on my desk And I know I'm not going to touch it Because where I used to Couldn't care if a man stumbled to make money Couldn't care if I hurt someone else in my addiction Couldn't care if I stood on you while I was climbing my ladder Whereas now the new thing is I want to be good for people. I want to be good for others. Not influence them negatively, influence them in a positive way. And that's been the transformation for me.
0: Wow. Well, Daniel, that's fantastic. And I, and I don't think, you know, there's any questions I could possibly put to that. And I think that the whole new moral and ethical level of this new that we go down the road of is is imperative for our recovery to sustain it. And that is the whole thing about what the 12-step program does. It's ongoingly having the wonderful thing. And I, and I say for me, this is a wonderful thing to have a, 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 a toolbox of things that I can use that I'm able to pick out a particular tool for that particular situation that I might be dealing with. Whether it's I'm contemplating using again, so I'll go back to step one. Whether I'm beginning to doubt my, doubt my higher power, I'll go to step two. And if I'm not letting go and I'm taking control, I'll see you step three right through to where you get to step 12, which is what you talked about, which is having a spiritual, having had a spiritual awakening uh, in the in the program. Uh, further than what you had already, uh, you want to really start spreading the news, you know, it's really spreading the message uh, with your own. Uh, experiences and strengths and hopes that you put through today so Daniel thank you brilliant thank you very very much so that's it for this podcast that we've uh, just done and the next one we're going to be doing is giving up your shame humility and rejection and that's going to be really really cool so I'm looking forward to that and remember everybody it's been wonderful having you with us while we share this and uh, I just say just stay safe and keep it clean.